I'm so happy to see everyone this morning. So we have the nursery available for children under two and under, and there will be no Spanish service tonight, but we do have youth night at 6 p.m. here at the church. We're gonna be playing Get Churched, so the youth that are here right now, be prepared to act, sing, and explain biblical terms tonight. So we do have regular midweek services this week and a special service at the Pentecostals of Nagatuck on Friday, November 11th at 7.30 p.m. where Pastor Miguel Garrick, the New York Metro District Prayer Coordinator and sectional pre presbyter, thank you, will be the guest speaker. And District Fall Ladies' Day is this Saturday. Please see Sister Marie Brown for details. And we do have Cornerstones next week um, on Tuesday, November 15th, not Sunday. We will start at 7 p.m. At, at the Browns' home. Please bring some drinks or desserts for fellowship. And we do have the Thanksgiving Potluck Fellowship Tuesday night, November 22nd at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. Bring a dish, bring a friend, and let's have some fun. And we also do have the food and clothing drive. Many people are in dire need and we want to help. Please bring your donations of non-perishable foods and or clothes and drop them off here at the church by November 18th. The bins are in the hallway out in, in the front. And Sister Marie. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If we could all stand for the reading of the word. So good to be here in his presence. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If we could turn to the book of Numbers chapter 21. I'm sorry, 22. Numbers 22. Amen. What a beautiful day it is outside, huh? It should be in the 50s, but we are getting 70s. <laughs> and that's all right. We'll take it. That's right, Sister Deb. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, my sons are still raking leaves. Our, our tree that we have in front of our house is so huge, and it, it blooms late. It changes colors late, and then it takes forever to pick up those leaves, and so I'm sure they're working up those muscles this fall. Amen. Numbers 22, and we're going to begin in verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 6. Amen. And then we're going to jump a little bit over. And the Lord gave me something a little extra, so thank you. Amen. Numbers 22, beginning with verse 1, and I'm going to read it in the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Please follow along if you can. The Israelites traveled on and camped in the plains of Moab near the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Did you catch that? It said that Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Balak, Balak son of Zippor, sorry. He saw because the enemy pays attention. He pays attention to what the children of God do. 
Verse 3, Moab was terrified. Everyone say terrified. Terrified. Moab was terrified of the people because they were numerous. And Moab dreaded the Israelites. So here's the enemy. He's terrified. He is scared out of his mind. And because of it, he dreaded the Israelites. So the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde, and the King James says this, this uh, camp, if I'm not mistaken, this company, this company, but it said in the, in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, this horde will devour everything around us like an ox eats up the green plants in the field. And the King James says, and Moab said to the elders of Midian, now shall this company lick up all that are around about us as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. Can you imagine that picture? An ox, so strong animal, right, that can carry burdens. It's a heavy animal. It's a strong animal. It can carry things. But when it goes to eat, when it plows, it just cleans everything up. When it, when it eats, it just licks up everything, all of the grass, all of the grass in the field. And Moab, that's what he saw. Israel is going to take us out, all of us. We're not, not even one of us is going to be left here. Since Balak, son of Zippor, was Moab's king at the time, he sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor, at Pethor, which is by the Euphrates in the land of his people. Balak said to him, look, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the surface of the land and are living right across me. It says they cover the face of the earth. They cover the whole land. Please come and put a curse on these people for me because they are more powerful than I am. I may be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that those you bless are blessed, and those you curse are cursed. And I came to tell you today that there is no way that the people of God could ever be cursed. Because if we read the rest of the story, it didn't matter what the enemy tried to do. The Lord would not allow Balaam to curse the people of God wouldn't allow Moab to curse the people of God. The devil may try to curse us. He may try to harm us. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There is no curse in hell or on the earth that can come against the child of God. If you've been blood-bought, by Jesus Christ, you've been baptized in his name and you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are doing everything that is right. There is nothing that can come against you. Amen? Amen. Somebody needs to believe that here today. The enemy is right there. He is encroaching. He feels, actually, he feels us coming after him. And that's the picture that we see. The people of Israel are coming. And Moab was feeling the heat, literally. Huh, they're surrounding and now they're coming to take us out. But see, the enemy doesn't have any territory. Right. Not legally. Right. 
not legally. It's usurped authority. It's stuff that we have allowed him to take control of. And it's time for us to take that territory back. And he sees us coming, and there are personalized attacks that have been coming against the church, are coming against people of God, and the Lord is right there fighting with you. See what uh, what I want to tell you, and it's the last verse in chapter 22, verse 41. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal, that thence he might see the utmost part of the people. See, it doesn't matter what kind of ground the devil tries to take. doesn't matter how high he goes to see if the people are down below. God is not just the God of the mountains. He's also the God of the valleys. So we may be in the valley right now, but God is almighty. He sits on his throne. He covers the whole earth. It is all his and the fullness thereof. And we got to trust in our God that the enemy may have the high ground. And so he thinks at this moment, but God oversees that. There is nothing out of his control. Nothing that God has not already seen, that, has he not, that he's not already foreseen, that has been coming. He has already been there and he is with you, fighting with you. Amen. He is fighting with you. He is fighting for you. He goes before you. He is beside you and he's all around you. And as I was coming into the sanctuary this morning, one of the ladies in our church gave me a beautiful gift. And it's this red shoe. So cute. And it says, walk by faith. Walk by faith. What is the theme? We're almost at the end, but what is it? By faith. We have to remember that we don't do this in our own strength. We cannot. We cannot fight this battle in our own strength. This is a spiritual warfare and it manifests in the natural, but we cannot see things with a natural eye. We have to look with, at it from a spiritual standpoint. I am going to walk by faith. So awesome. It's red. What does red signify? The blood of Jesus Christ. Every time I take a step forward in faith, it is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am taking territory in Jesus' name. I am claiming it in Jesus' name. Right now, we will not be defeated. We will not lose this battle because we are more than conquerors. We are victorious through him, through him, through him, through him. If we are going to win, we've got to die to ourselves, people. We've got to live the way that God wants us to live, and we've got to walk by faith. Yeah. We've got to walk by faith. And in Jesus' name, we're going to pray right now. Lord, open our spiritual eyesight, Lord God. Show us, Lord, today that there are more for us than those that are against us, dear Jesus. Open our spiritual eyes and let your people see the army, the vast army that surrounds us, oh God. I speak it into the atmosphere right now. Devil, you have no foothold in this church, in this city, in this region. You have no hold in this place. Because the seed of righteousness has been established here in New Britain. In Jesus' name, 
by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the power of the Word of God. We seal that right now in Jesus' name. The gates of hell cannot come against the church, but we are pushing back the darkness right now in Jesus' name. We are pushing back the darkness and we are going to shine our light brighter than never before. Oh, let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Lord, help us to shine your light brighter than ever before, oh God. Manifest yourself in this place today through the worship, Lord, through the preaching of your word. Every single part that every member in this assembly, Lord Jesus, would worship you in spirit and in truth, oh God, that we would give you all the praise today. Lord Jesus, you are the one that we adore. You are the one that we praise. You are the one that is seated on the throne, Lord, and your glory, your glory fills this temple we worship you and we thank you in jesus name amen let's worship the lord this morning
Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated for a few moments. It's a sweet presence of the Lord that is settling in the house today. I'd like to ask Brother and Sister Cordero to come stand here in the front for a moment, please. Brother Cordero has been with us serving faithfully for a number of years now. We've watched as the Lord has set him free, as the Lord has helped him and saved him transformed his life we've watched as brother Cordero has grown in the Lord we've watched as the Lord healed his body I'll never forget the night he left the cane sitting at the altar during winter fire some of y'all don't even remember brother Cain or brother brother Sam had a cane <laughs> 
That's just a testimony of the goodness of God that has been manifested and followed him and chased him over the last few years of his life. We watched as the Lord called Brother Sam into the ministry. And we watched as he answered the call of God upon his life. We're so grateful for Brother Cordero and we're so grateful for what God has done and continues to do in his life what God has done through him to help others to help our church the way he has faithfully served our church life is full of seasons and recently brother Cordero entered into a new season of life he married this beautiful young lady here and God has joined them together and what God had joined together let no man put asunder we're so grateful for that the great thing is that she's one of our own anyway. Even though she wasn't here at the time and the way everything went down, it's just, it's amazing how God does things and He does all things well. Who would have thought, looking back over the years, that of all of all the people in the earth, that God would somehow figure out a way to get these two together? And we're so grateful that He did. And we're thankful for that season of life. And while we sometimes hate change, new seasons often and usually do come with change. Fall is a season where it seems to manifest itself more than maybe any other season. As we see the leaves begin to change colors and then the leaves begin to fall. And we see different things happening. The temperature begins to drop and all kinds of things happen during, during the fall. You know, every season brings change of one form or another and those changes although they may not feel good at the time are always good and it's because there's a new season coming in and when God moves you into a new season it's because he has greater things in store for you and so while we are happy for brother and sister Cordero I have a little bit of mixed emotions this morning because brother and sister Cordero are going to be residing in Texas for a while and so this is brother Cordero's last Sunday with us as currently a member of our church he's always going to be a part of us no matter what just like sister Tanya has always been a part of us <laughs> no matter where they go this is going to be home and we're thankful for that we're, we're saddened at their departure but I want to make sure you understand that we are excited about what God has in store for you. Because we may not understand everything right now. We may not be able to see the whole picture. But God, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And as God orders your steps, he's going to lead you right into the blessing and favor of God. Right into his perfect will. And wherever you find yourselves, just walk those steps that he orders for you. And allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. And so today we are going to honor brother and sister Cordero. And we want to make sure that before they leave we pray over them. Bishop, if you don't mind helping me. Brother Valdez, sister Valdez, if you don't mind coming please. We want to pray over brother and sister Cordero. We want to pray God's blessing upon them. God's protection upon them. God's favor upon them. During this time. After service we're going to give you a chance to greet them. Um, there's going to be cake and fellowship in the back. 
um, after service. And so you get a chance to do that. We're not going to take the time to do that right now. But after service is over, I want to make sure that every one of us gets a chance to shake their hands, to thank them, to let them know that we love them and we care for them, that we're going to miss them. And if you feel like praying over them, go ahead and pray over them. But we're going to pray right now. Bishop, why don't you lead this prayer? Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the work that you have done in Brother Sam's life and how you not only saved him, Lord, and redeemed him, but that you just did such miraculous things. I remember when he first walked through these doors, and then I remember when he was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I remember when he came and said that he felt a calling to the ministry. And I remember when we interviewed him for his ministerial credentials and when he was honored with that privilege of representing this great organization. And Lord, so I also remember when uh, this couple met together at the altar to commit themselves for the rest of their lives to each other. And we're grateful for that, Jesus. I'm asking today your blessing upon them as you take them, th them through this next chapter in their life. And I'm asking that your anointing, your blessing, and your power will rest upon them and touch them. Jesus, that you would protect them as they travel to Texas, Lord. But also, we're just asking you, Lord, would you grant us one great privilege and that's at some time in the near future they would feel they're calling back to Connecticut. But even if you choose not to do that, Lord, we're asking your blessing upon them. Touch them, protect them, anoint them, bless their family. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Seasons in life are not always easy to understand. And this year has been for our church a season of transition in, in many ways. And you know, there's there's one constant in life, and that's that everything changes. Nothing ever stays the same. And as God orders our steps, He leads us on paths of righteousness for His namesake. And sometimes we don't always understand the direction, but the Lord asks us to trust Him. And so for many years now, Brother and Sister Valdez have led our, our Spanish ministry, our daughter work, They've been faithful. They've been reliable. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I believe that verse defines the ministry and the character of the Valdezes over the past couple of decades and more in our church. They've been steadfast. They've been unmovable. They've always abounded in the work of the Lord. They've been faithful. They've stuck to it. And they have answered the call at every beck, every call, every turn. 
And we're so grateful for that. And we know that all of their labors have not been and will never be in vain. And for that, we're grateful. Yet, as I mentioned, seasons of life bring change. And Brother and Sister Valdez have been praying over the last few months, fasting, seeking the will of God for their lives. And they feel at this time that God is leading them into a change of path and a change of direction in their ministry. And he's going to transition them into something else, into a new season. And you'll hear me say this many times as your pastor, the one thing I desire for you above anything else other than your salvation and that you make it to heaven is that you find while you walk this earth God's perfect will for your life. If that's here, we want it to be here. If that's somewhere else, we want it to be somewhere else. We want God's perfect will for your lives. And so this morning, we are announcing that Brother and Sister Valdez are going to be stepping down and resigning as the leaders and the pastors of our Spanish daughter work. As they take this time and put their efforts into finding what that next step is for them. We want to make sure that we're praying with them. They don't know exactly what the next steps are, but they do feel like it's the will of God that they step down at this time. And as they do that, we're going to pray with them and we're going to continue to love them and we're going to try to help them and, and we're going to ask that God shows them and orders their steps into God's perfect will for their lives. At this time, we, they, they may be visiting some other churches to see God's will. They may end up staying here. But for now, they're stepping down as the pastors of our Spanish daughter work. Um, and we needed to make that announcement today. Brother and Sister Valdez, would you mind coming, please? And we're going to pray over you as well. Because we want God's perfect will for their lives. Brother Sam, please come and pray with them. Oh yeah, Sister, Sister Cordero, come too, please. If you don't mind, please pray. Pray with us. Amen. Amen. Lord, we worship you right now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for Brother and Sister Valdez. God, we love you and we worship you and we praise you. And God, we know that you have plans for them. God, we know you have good things in store for them. And God, we want your perfect will for their lives. We ask, Lord, right now your blessing and your favor upon them. We pray, Lord, you would give them clarity and that you would order their steps and that they would be able to walk those steps, oh God, with all liberty, Lord, and with all confidence, Lord, because you are leading them and you are guiding them. Order their steps, Lord, and we pray your blessing and your favor upon them. Let your face shine upon them, Lord. Keep them and bless them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Illuminate the path before them, I pray, oh God. Oh God, we don't know what the future holds, but we know you've got a plan and you've got a purpose. You've given them a dream and you've given them a vision. God, we know you're going to bring it to pass one way or the other. And so, God, we pray right now that you would bless them keep them God let goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their lives wherever they go oh God in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you for them we praise you we pray your blessing over them in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name 
Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. These are hard announcements to make, but it's part of the business and doing what we have to do. We will be in the process of seeking a new leader for our Spanish ministry, a new pastor for the, for the daughter work. Um, however, in the interim, uh, just because of where things are at, we need to continue it. We, we need to continue the Spanish work. Um, in the interim, Sister, Sister Brown will be leading our Spanish ministry. She'll be the interim pastor of our daughter work at this time. Um, and we'll be praying and seeking the will of God. And we'd ask that you'd pray with us as well to find the will of God, to find out who is going to be that next uh, pastor on a permanent, long-term basis. Amen. And so uh, Sister Brown, again, will be doing that. And so there will be no Spanish service tonight, but starting Thursday night, Spanish Bible study as normal. We'll continue on as normal for now, and then we'll, we'll pray and figure out how things are going to go. Amen. But we are not shutting it down. It's still going on. Amen. Because we don't want the labors of the Valdezes and those that have gone before them to be in vain. We want it to continue. They want it to continue. They're following the will of God for their lives. They're not, they're not trying to do this because they don't care and they don't love the church or they don't believe in what, in what God has been doing. They're trying to follow the will of God. And we celebrate that and we honor them for doing that. Amen. 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 We're going to stand. We need to worship the Lord. Amen. These things can be kind of heavy. But we need to make sure we're putting a positive light on it, that people are finding the will of God, and we celebrate that. Amen? Amen. We're going to worship the Lord. Let's worship Him with all of our hearts, and then we'll move on in our service. Lord, we worship You. We praise You in Jesus' name.
sing power and majesty praise to the king mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name i sing for joy at the works of your hands forever i love you forever i stand to the promise i have in you let's go ahead and send up an offering of praise to the lord hallelujah jesus my god we give you glory wonderful savior king jesus we're glad to be in your house today jesus in jesus name amen right before we dismiss the classes we're going to be receiving our offering remember when we give our offering uh, in a way first of all it's out of obedience so we give our tithes and our offerings thank you guys for coming amen but also it is an act of worship I'd like to ask you this morning, how many of you has God been good to you? Let me see. I think that was about five of you. Let's see if we can do any better than that. How many of you has God been good to you? And this is an act of worship. We just sang some songs and praised the Lord, but also giving an offering is an act of worship. It's a way of saying, God, you have given to me. I'm going to give back to you. And so when we bring our offering today, we are honoring the Lord, first and foremost, out of obedience to his word. And secondly, we're giving back to him some of what he has given to us. So God bless you as you give. If you'd come through these side aisles, go back through the center aisles, the classes are going to be dismissed at the same time. So God bless you as you give this morning and give as God has prospered you in Jesus' name. Every praise is to God. game hallelujah let's give every praise to jesus today hallelujah hallelujah there's plenty of people that'll be cheering on the patriots later let's give praise to jesus hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise god praise god praise god amen if you would please turn in your bibles to matthew chapter 9
We're going to be reading verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. I want to say once more, I honor Bishop Tryon. Always appreciate his ministry and the message he preached several weeks ago about the mission of the church. And we've got to be about our Father's business to seek and to save the lost. And What a powerful message and a powerful challenge it was. And I feel that the Lord wants us to continue issuing that challenge this morning. How many of you have been trying to follow the three around? I've been trying. Every single day, try to touch at least three people with the kindness and love of the Lord or with witnessing about Jesus or just trying to help them. Amen. We're, we need to continue doing that. Amen. That's how we're going to reach our world. There's a lost and a dying and a hurting world out there. Amen. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit this morning. Mark, I mean, Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35, it says this, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Thus he went about. He was going along. All right. Minding his business. His business is always getting in our business, but Jesus was going about all the cities and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Look at verse 36, very, very key here. But when he saw the multitudes, everybody say he saw the multitudes. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He didn't just feel something, but he was moved by something. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And in that situation, we've, we've quoted this verse so many times, and sometimes I think we, we forget the context of it. But in that context that he, has, he was going about the Father's business, and as he's going through all the cities and all the villages, as he's going to work every day, as he's, as he's walking in the markets, as he's uh, doing the things that he would do, he's, he's going about, he's walking, he's traveling through the cities and the villages, and in that context, he sees the multitudes, and he sees their sickness, and he sees their diseases, and he sees their struggles, and he sees their weariness. They were fainting. And he sees their bondage. And he sees their hunger. And he sees their needs. And the Bible says as he saw the multitudes and all of their needs that he was moved with compassion. And as he was moved with compassion, he spoke these words. The harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. In that context of the multitudes hurting and dying and going to a devil's hell, 
Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. It was a burden. I don't think he said it calmly. I, I, I think he said it with a passion. I, I, I think he said it with heartbreak. I, I, I think he, he, he was maybe even feeling a little bit like I'm feeling with the heaviness in his spirit and crying out and saying, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I believe he was maybe even grieved in his spirit a little bit that there were so few laborers to labor in his harvest. So then he said this, he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I, be I believe that is the heartbeat and the cry of the heart of God. That there would be laborers that he could send into his harvest. I want you to listen to verse 38 in the Passion Translation. Because we, we, we read it in the King James Version and we get a little bit of a sense that God is saying, pray that he sends other people into the harvest. But when we read it in the Greek and we read it in the Aramaic and we, and we, and we put it all together in the original language that it was written in, we get a little bit of a different meaning. And putting it all together, this, this Passion Translation kind of brings that all together. Because it says, as you go... See, one day Jesus was going to stand before his disciples and say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, I'm going to send you out into the harvest. He was telling the disciples, look on the harvest. See the harvest. But go into the harvest. And as you go, plead with the owner or the Lord of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. I want to draw my title this morning from that version of that verse and just those first three words. As you go. Look at your neighbor and say, as you go. Why don't you put your Bibles down and lift up your hands to the Lord and lift up your voice and pray that the Lord would touch our hearts today. Lord Jesus, here we are in your presence, in your house, and we're standing in the midst of your harvest in this great city of New Britain, Connecticut, and wherever else we may live and work and go about our business. There's a great harvest all around us, and we see that harvest, and we're asking that you would send us into that harvest. And I pray, Lord, through the preaching of the word today, that you would allow the conviction of the Holy Ghost to fall upon us and be within our hearts. And let there be, when we leave this place, a greater sense of conviction and urgency in the spirit to get to work in your harvest. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to the church. Give us minds to be able to understand what you are trying to tell your church today. And give us hearts to receive it and to respond accordingly and get out and work in your harvest the way that you would have us to work in your harvest in the name of jesus we pray in the name of jesus amen why don't you clap your hands unto the lord 
Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we got work to do. Amen. You may be seated. The other day I was at work and, and my boss said, hey, Lewis, can you, can you go out into the warehouse and can you, can you go do this? And I said, yes, sir, got it. And I began to walk out. And he said, oh, and by the way, as you go out there, can you, notice that, as you go, as you go out there, can you, can you stop and do this on the way over there? Yes, sir, got it. I'm on my way over there. I'm working. I'm doing what, he, what my boss asked me to do. And, and, and as I'm going, my, my phone starts to ring. And I look at it. It's my boss calling me. Yes, sir. What, what do you need? And he's like, you know, by the way, while you're, while you're out there, as you're doing that, can, can, can you do something else for me too? <laughs> How many of you have been there? <laughs> you're running an errand for your wife, for your husband or something. And as you're on your way to Walmart, phone rings honey could you could you also please um could you i know you got to go to walmart but on your way back from walmart could you could you as you go there or as you come back uh, could, could you just stop it at, at stop and shop for a minute and do a little shopping <laughs> i need this and this as well could you you know i i, I know you're really on your way to lowe's but 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 could you just stop at, at, at price chopper for a second anybody identify with that that's the sense that I'm getting out of our text today. Jesus was going through the region. He was going through the cities and the villages. And he's just doing what Jesus does. I love it when Jesus just does what Jesus does. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I just... I just want him to be God in my life, and I just want him to work through me, and I just want to be about his business, and I want him to do through me what he does. Amen? But Jesus was going about his business, and he is looking on the multitudes. I want to just tell somebody today that there are multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes of people out there in the world that need Jesus. There are multitudes of people that are sick. Whether it be emotionally or spiritually or mentally or physically. There are multitudes upon multitudes of people that are hurt. There are multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people that are dying and going to a devil's hell. There are multitudes and multitudes and multitudes and multitudes upon multitudes of people that are lost. And they don't know where to go. And they don't know where to turn. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know what to do in their situations. They don't have any answers. And they don't have any hope. Do we recognize that when we see the multitudes? Or do we just see the noise and the activity and the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I've been praying, Lord, as I go about my stuff. Let me not be so self-centered that I can't pay attention to everybody else. Because my life is not my own. I'm bought with a price. I'm his. He bought me a long time ago. Lord, it's not about me. 
Jesus be the center of it all. You've done so much for me, Jesus, that I could never tell it all. And I never want to forget about everything that he's done for me. He's been so good to me. And I have needs and I have hurts and I have pains. And, and, and I have problems and I have frustrations. Yes, but Lord, let me just be about your business. And when I start taking care of your business, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I don't have to worry about my problems and I don't have to worry about where my food is going to come from and I don't have to worry about how my bills are going to be paid. And It doesn't mean we don't work and it doesn't mean we don't, we don't, we're not good stewards over what we do, but if I will just learn how to be about the Father's business, uh, then he'll worry about taking care of my business. Uh, and if I'll put him first, uh, then he will take care of everything in my life. If I'll be an agent of healing for somebody else, many times it is, it is the healing that flows through me to others that actually heals me as well. Many times as I have been praying for somebody else, God has done a miracle in my life. Many times as I have been reaching out to help somebody else, God was meeting a need in my life and I didn't even know it. One day, I remember so clearly, the Lord had impressed upon me to send an offering to an evangelist. Not one that was coming to our church, but I was going to send an offering to an evangelist because I felt like I needed to do it. And I asked the Lord how much, and he gave me a number, and I told my wife about it, and she said, when I told her the number, we talked about giving an offering, and then I said, this is the number that I feel, and she said, that's the number that God gave me too. I'm not doing this to lift myself up. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know, do I really have that money? Like, I, 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 that money I could use for something else, but I felt like the Lord told me to do it. And so I reached out to that evangelist. I said, hey, man, I need you to send me your address, send me your information. I, I feel like I need to, to send you something. And, and as I did that, I felt the Lord say, hey, go, go check that mail that's sitting over there on the table. I'm praying right now, and I'm reaching, I'm trying to, he said, but I felt like the Lord was telling me, just that, that little nudge. And so I said, okay, I went, I checked the mail. And as I opened up one of the envelopes, there was a check for almost the exact amount that God had told me to send to that evangelist. As I was obeying what God told me to do, he already had had a check written to me to provide for, for that, for me to do whatever it is that he wanted me to do. That's how God works. Listen, if I could just learn to put the kingdom right as I go and as I do his will, God will take care of me. He'll do everything. I don't need to worry about all that stuff. As I go, as I will get the mindset that it's not about me, it's about him and it's about others. As I do that, we got to stop being self-centered Christians. And, and we got to learn how to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. It's not about just send somebody else. But I, I told myself I was going to behave because I'm already about to lose my voice. But I got to learn how to say, Lord, it's not. I know I got problems and issues, but, but I'm not going to let that stop me from seeing other people. Who have problems and issues as well. Because the difference between me and them. 
And the difference between you and them is that you know the answer. And you've got the answer living inside you. And you know where your provision comes from. And you know where your answers come from. And you know where your peace comes from. And you know in him whom you have believed. And you know where your hope lies. And you know that he's got your back. The problem with them is they don't know that. They don't have that assurance. They don't have that hope as an anchor for their soul. What they need is the hope that you have. Christ in me. The hope of glory. I've got it in me, but i got to let it come out of me. I've got it in me, but i got to let it flow through me. So i got to learn how to walk. Through the villages and the cities like Jesus did. And I got to learn how to walk with my eyes open. And I got to learn how to see the needs of those around me. But I got I to do more than just see it. See, Jesus did more than just walk through the region he did more than just look around, although he's always looking around, by the way. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose hearts are perfect toward him. He's always, his eyes are always, he's always walking through, he's always looking, he's, his eyes are always open. He doesn't sleep nor slumber, he's always looking. We gotta, we gotta learn how to do that, but he did more than just go. And he did more than just see and he saw more than just the way things looked on the surface but he saw their spiritual state as well and Jesus was getting a little bit of a reputation and and the crowds were beginning to follow him and Jesus saw the multitudes following him but here he didn't see them as a fan club and he didn't see them as a paparazzi and he didn't see them as a hindrance or an inconvenience But he saw them, and he saw them as sheep that were scattered with no shepherd. He saw the spiritual condition of their hearts. Matthew said that he saw them as sheep scattered with no shepherd. He was referring to an Old Testament scripture in Ezekiel 34 and verse 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat. Look at this. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. The sheep began to be shattered because there was no shepherd. And they became, when they were scattered, they became meat to all the beasts of the field. Jesus was walking and as he saw these multitudes, that's how he saw them. He saw them scattered on the mountainsides and the hillsides and the fields. 
when the sheep scatter, everybody just goes on about their own little business, doing their own little thing, and don't worry about every, everybody else. It just, everyone just, it's like the book of Judges when everybody did what was right in their own eyes. The sheep are just going about, everybody's kind of worrying about their thing, but sheep are supposed to travel in flocks. And sheep are supposed to be together. You see, when the sheep scatter, that's what the beasts of the field have been waiting for. Because when the sheep are together, the lion can't get to them because the shepherd is there watching over them. But when the sheep began to scatter and they begin to spread out, there, you know, there's truth in that saying, there's safety in numbers. Because the, here's the deal, the enemy is always lurking on the outskirts of the congregation or of the flock. And he's always looking for the stragglers. He's looking for the ones that have one foot in and one foot out the door. He's looking for the ones that are a little bit wishy-washy. He's, he's looking for the ones that maybe got a little disillusioned and started to draw away a little bit. He's looking for the ones that are still trying to decide whether or not they're really going to be all in or not. Are they really sold out to be sold out? Or are they just kind of, eh, you know... When the sheep scatter and everybody just goes about their own business, they're setting themselves up to become meat for the beasts of the field. Oh, Jesus. The beasts of the field prey upon those who isolate themselves from the body. The ones that aren't connected to the flock. The shepherd watches over the flock. He feeds them. He leads them to water. He leads them to green pastures. He makes them lie down in green pastures. Why? Because he's trying to keep them together so they can stay under the umbrella of his protection where he can sit up on the hill and look over them and see any predator that is coming their way. And as, as they're lying down in those green pastures or as they're drinking at the water, the shepherd is staving off the wild beasts. He's kicking the wolves out and he's keeping the lions out that's why david said a bear came and tried to snatch one of my lambs but i i took the bear by by the, the, the by, killed him with my bare hands and the lion came and took one of my sheep and i went and grabbed that lion by his beard and i ripped him apart with my bare hands and took care of him because David was a shepherd that was taking care of his sheep. And he's like, not on my watch. You're not getting the sheep while I'm the shepherd. And that's what Jesus does for us. He watches over and he sees the bear. And he sees the wolves. And he sees the lions coming after you. And he'll do everything that he can to keep them, the, lion away, the lion away from you. But here's the deal. If I don't stay within reach of his staff, he can't pull me back closer. And if I'm so far away, now I know that Jesus is everywhere, don't get me wrong, but within the local body of Christ, i got to stay close enough to the herd that the shepherd can see. Because God has put under shepherds the pastors and the ministry of the church in place so that we can help watch over. And we can't see everything that he sees. And, and so we need you to stay close so we can do our jobs and help protect you. The sheep that do not stay with the flock do not stay under the covering and protection of the shepherd. And if the shepherd can't see them, then he can't protect them because he can't see the enemy coming their way. 
When they get out of sight and when they get out of reach, they become prey for the enemy. That's why the Bible says the devil roars, roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour you if you're covered. He can't devour you if you're connected. He can't devour you if you're in with the other sheep. He can't devour you if, if you don't allow him to isolate you. But the thing is, is they, they pick on the weak and they pick, they, they, they pick on, the, on the stragglers. And the minute you start straggling, the, the enemy's watching. Sister Marie talked about it at the beginning of the service. The enemy is watching what you do. Why is he watching? Because he's looking for an opportunity to take you out. We need to get this. We need to understand that the enemy is real. And greater is, in me, is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And, and we know that, that uh, we're, we are more than conquerors, right? But, but we got to understand that there is an enemy out there lurking to devour us. And he cannot devour us. And he cannot curse us. And he cannot do anything against us as long as we stay in the right place and do the right thing. We've already heard that today. But the minute we straggle, the minute we stray away, the minute we get out of, out of alignment with God's plan and purpose, the minute we get out from under that umbrella of protection, then we make ourselves as prey for the beast of the field. I don't want you to become meat for the lion. I don't want to become meat for the wolf. I want to stay under the umbrella of the protection of the shepherd. I don't want to be like sheep that are scattered. And yet, everywhere we go, there's lost sheep everywhere. And we need to have a little bit of the compassion of the shepherd to say, oh, I don't want them to be lost anymore. Because just like when you were straying away from God, just like when you were out there doing your own thing. Because, yeah, there, there's people out there that are mean and nasty and murderers and liars and cheaters and thieves and burglars. And, and, and there, there are all kinds of crazy wickedness out there. It's, it's, it's all over the world. But don't forget, such were some of you. They're wandering about and they're doing all this crazy stuff and they're, they're just meat for the lions. See, yeah, they might be mean and nasty. They might, they, you might even think they're the lions and you're in the midst of the den of lions. But, but listen, they, they are not really lions. They're just doing that because they're scared. They're, they're doing that because they're afraid. They're doing that because they've got some sort of anger or hurt in them that, that needs to be healed. They, they, they might be lashing out at you, but maybe they're doing it because they don't really know what to do. But Jesus was moved with compassion. And we've got to understand that when they're acting like that, we need to be moved with compassion too. Love your enemies. <laughs> Do good to them that persecute you and revile you and say all manner of evil things against you. I know it's not easy to do, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The thing is, is that the person that's doing all that stuff is not your enemy. They might look like your enemy, 
They might be acting like your enemy, but they're not the enemy. There's a spiritual thing going over there. And they're just like sheep that are scattered, that have become meat for the beasts of the field. And that's exactly what Jesus saw as he's walking through and the multitudes are following him. His heart is going out. He's moved with compassion because he sees them as sheep that are scattered. And it doesn't say that in Ezekiel that they they will become. It actually said that they became meat. Because Jesus saw that some of them had already begun to be devoured by the enemy. That's why some of them were lame. And some of them were halt. And some of them were withered. And some of them were blind. And some of them were deaf. Some of them were lepers. Some of them were victims of all kinds of sorts of things. They were already being devoured. They had already become meat because they were sheep that were scattered without a shepherd. I know it's quiet and I know it's heavy in here, but we need to understand this. I'm I'm trying to let this sink in. The people we run into every day that don't have this truth, that don't have this message, and maybe the ones that do have the message but have rejected it for a time, they're just sheep that are scattered with no shepherd, and they have become meat for the beasts of the field. What are we going to do about it? You see, the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He didn't just have compassion, but he was moved with compassion. This is what Jesus does when he sees that. Ezekiel 34, verse 11 and 12, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. That's why Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, because I come to seek and to save that which was lost. He saw the ones that were already meat for the beasts of the field. He saw the ones that were already being devoured. He walked through the people that had been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. We all face cloudy and dark days. We all face wind and storms and attacks of all kinds. And if we're not careful, those things will scatter us along the mountainside. And send us hither and thither, far lands or distant places, and the dark and cloudy days, the storms and the winds, 
tend to try to strike fear into our hearts and when that happens we want to run and hide and fear tries to take over our minds and when fear begins to take over our minds then all we want to do is is just crawl up in a corner ball up in a corner and and just everybody leave me alone and, and just get out of my way and don't bother me and and we isolate ourselves when what we need to do is we need to run to the body. Or we need to run to Jesus. Because he's the light of the world. And if I can run to the light then the darkness can't overtake me. If I can run to the light, then the darkness can't win because the darkness cannot comprehend it. The light shines in darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. The darkness can't stand against the light. It doesn't matter how dark it is. The minute the light shines, the darkness has to go away. We need to learn how to run to the light. And by the way, church, when we are the light of the world, we need to be the ones that are shining light into the dark and cloudy day that this world is facing. All there's so many that have clouds of darkness over them. And the reason they have clouds of darkness is because they have not been introduced to the light. But we know the light. And we are the light. And the light lives in us. And he needs to shine through us. What's happening is they're out there scattered like, no sheep, like sheep with no shepherd. And they're being devoured. And it hurts to be devoured. I mean, I've never been bitten by a lion, but I imagine it hurts pretty bad. I've been bitten by a dog before, and that hurts. <laughs> been bitten by a squirrel before, that was no fun either. And they're not even very big. I'll tell that story another time. I don't have time for that. But it hurts when the lion gets a hold of you. It hurts when the wolf gets a hold of you. It hurts when the bears get a hold of you. Do you remember when you were hurting like that? Ask it again. Do you remember when you were hurting like that? See, we talk about losing that first love sometimes. But I wonder if sometimes we forget about the desperate condition that our souls were in before Jesus stepped in. I feel my help coming on right now. I wonder if sometimes we forget where we came from. I wonder if sometimes we forget how lonely we used to be. I wonder sometimes if we forget how much pain we used to be in. And I'm not saying we need to live in our past, but we need to remember that such were some of us. And I used to be lost. And I used to be stuck in the miry clay. And I used to be a vagabond wandering around in the earth with no sense of purpose and no sense of meaning of life. And I used to be the one that was angry at everybody. And I used to be the one that lashed out at everybody. And I used to be the one that was hurting so bad, but I didn't want to tell anybody. I used to be the one that had no hope. I used to be the one that nobody wanted to be around. 
I used to be the one that felt like the castaway or the reject. I used to be the one who was hurting so bad, but I was afraid to ask for help. Such were some of us. Church, we're not living in our past, but we need to remember what he's done for us. Because when you see that drug addict, some of you could say that used to be me. When you see that alcoholic, some of you can say, I remember what that was like. And yeah, they made some poor decisions and some poor choices that put them in that circumstance. But the, uh, the real reason was simply that they didn't have a shepherd to lead them and guide them and nurture them and care for them. And we know the shepherd and we can bring them to it. We've got to remember where we came from. We can't look at them and just feel sorry for them. Or we can't look at them and judge them. We got to look at them and say, oh, I remember. And by the way, if you're running into them, it's probably because the Lord knows that you have a testimony that can help them. You wonder why they're telling you their life story and it sounds strangely similar to yours before Jesus. That's because they're crying for help. That's because God has given you a testimony of overcoming that same stuff. And he wants to use you to help them overcome the things that God has helped you Overcome. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't just see them and feel compassion, but he was moved with compassion. We've often heard it said that love is a verb. It's not just a noun. It's a, it's a verb. It's an action word, right? Well, can I just say that compassion is more than just a noun as well? Compassion without movement is just pity. It's just another empty emotion until you do something about it. And by definition, compassion combines with the word compel. By definition, the word compassion in every Bible translation that I've looked at, every, every Greek dictionary that I've looked at, and even every English dictionary, you can trace it back to the fact that it is combined. Not only is it feeling sorry for or or identifying with something and sympathizing with somebody's situation but it's also having an overwhelming desire to do something about it moved with compassion moved with compassion. Jesus didn't just go 
But as he was going, he saw. But he didn't just go and see. As he was going and seeing, he was feeling compassion. But as he was going and seeing and feeling compassion, he, he took it a step further and he decided that he would do something about it. Ezekiel 34, 16, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. That kind of reminds me of what Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. He came to seek and to save the lost. But he didn't come just to seek and save. But he came to restore. He came to heal. He came to bind up broken hearts. He, became, he came to repair broken relationships. He came to set people free from captivity. And he came to give them liberty to never have to walk in that same bondage again. He, he went about doing good. But uh, uh, he, didn't ju- he, he, he was going and he was doing because he was own a mission the very reason that he came the very reason for his go was the fact that he had a mission to accomplish that is the key right there is that we've got to go we're going to go about our business tomorrow maybe even this afternoon we're going to a restaurant or we're going to visit family or we're going to a grocery store or we're going home and we're going to do this maybe we're going to run into our neighbor or or something along the line. We're going somewhere today. I just got a challenge for the church today. As you go, will you open your eyes? And will you open your ears? Will you see the need around you? And will you open your heart and allow God to move you with compassion that he feels? Will you allow him to love others through you? Will you allow him to use you to bless somebody else? Will you go ahead and practice the three around today and every day of your life? Will you go about doing good like Jesus did? Will you go about letting your light shine before men that others may see your good works? Not your good words, but your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Will you buy somebody a meal? Will you give somebody a hug will you show somebody kindness will you help somebody up that fell down will you minister encouragement to somebody that's discouraged will you be moved with compassion we need to go because that's what we're commanded to do but we need to see and we need to hear but most of all we need to be moved with compassion First John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, it says this. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, how many of you have even just a little bit of the world's good? Come on, you're You're breathing. You made it here today somehow. You got clothes on your back. 
You got food on your table. If you don't come see me, we'll get you some. Have you got at least just a little bit of the world's good? But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. Oh, this is a very sad state. If I have something good in me or within my possession, if I have resources and I come into contact with someone who needs what I have, This is where the rubber meets the road. I have the choice to either open up my heart. King James Version says bowels. It's talking about the seat of the emotions, so we're going to say heart. I have the decision when I see my brother's need or when I see that, that sister's need, when I see that person that's in need. I have a choice in that moment. Will I open my heart and feel compassion and take action to help them? Or will I shut my heart from that person and walk by and not do anything or say anything or help in any kind of way? Oh, I know it's I know it's heavy in here. This is the word of God. This is not Pastor Brown's words. Whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Some of you have an abundance of something. And you're going to run into somebody in the next week that has need of that extra that you have. What are you going to do? Are you going to shut your heart and hang on to that which God has blessed you with? Or are you going to open up your heart and be moved with compassion and say, you know what, the Lord's blessed me here. Such as I have, give I unto thee. Maybe you don't have money. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's just love. Maybe it's just a shoulder to cry on. Maybe it's just a, an encouraging word. But God's been good to us. And we have goodness and mercy following us all the days of our lives. Our cup runs over. <laughs> Oh, it runs over. Jesus told a story about a man who had his barns full of so much stuff, or had so much harvest that he, it was overflowing, and he was just building barns to keep it and hoard it and hoard it and hoard it and hoard it. And the Lord came to that man that night and said, You fool. Today your life is going to be required of you. Because you were trying to hoard that which I gave you to help others with. You're trying to hoard seed that I gave you to sow into others. You're trying to keep and hang on to all of that. Listen, 
Let me tell somebody something. You can never outgive God. Now, you can talk about finances. You can talk about love. You can talk about kindness. You can talk about giving them clothes. We've got a food drive going on. We've got a clothing drive going on. On the 18th, we're going to deliver food and, and, and clothing to those that are in need. You've probably got a whole bunch of clothes that you haven't worn in like 22 years. I probably do too. And if I tried to put them on right now, they wouldn't fit me anyway. I just got to stop fooling myself to think I'm going to ever be able to fit into them anyway. At least in a good way to be able to go out in public. <laughs> you know, it's hard to keep the weight off when you're 47 years old. <laughs> I used to eat whatever I wanted to and still stay skinny. Now I can't. Now I can look at a, at, at a brownie and get fatter. <laughs> so John said, my little children, verse 18. Let us love, not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That word and many times in scripture could be, could have, the Greek word could have been translated even. We could say it like this, let us love indeed and in truth, or let us love indeed even in truth. Because if you're not loving in action, you're not really loving anyway. This is what we need to do. We need to learn how to go. And as we go, we need to learn how to keep our eyes open and our ears open and our hearts open to see and hear and feel the compassion. And then keep our ears open to hear God say, yeah, go, go take care of that. Yeah, go, go help them. And sometimes, by the way, you don't have to hear a voice. I mean, I already told you it's going to happen. God already spoke to you. You're going to run into somebody that needs something that you've got a little bit of extra of. Just go ahead. You don't have to wait for a voice to come from heaven because you already got that right now. Just, just do it. That's your confirmation right there. It's already been spoken. You got the confirmation before you got into the situation. Sometimes that's the way God works. I already told you it's going to happen. It's going to happen, so don't be surprised when it happens. You already know what to do. You've already been told what to do. I want you to stand with me, please. There's getting ready to be something that happens in this house. I want to go right back to our text, Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. And I'm reading it again in a passion because I want us to hear this. It says this, as you go, we're going to go. And there's a harvest out there. We're going to see the harvest as we go. And as we go and as we see the harvest, we're going to begin to feel some things. And as we begin to feel, we're going to, we're going to be compelled to take some action. So as you go, pray, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest this grain. Church, we need to pray for laborers in the harvest. 
But the thing is, church, that the whole point of this message is that I need to be the answer to that prayer. Even as I'm praying, I need to be the answer to my own prayer. Even as I'm saying, Lord, send me into the harvest. Lord, send, send labors into the harvest. I need to be moving my feet and stretching my hand into the harvest. Don't pray for God to send others to work in the fields until you're already moving your feet, until you already got a sickle in your hand and working in the harvest. I'm determined that the Lord is not going to look down here in New Britain and wonder that there was no intercessor. I'm determined that the Lord is not going to look down at New Britain and wonder and marvel at the fact that there's nobody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Church, will you join me in interceding for this city? Will you join me in helping to repair the breach? Will you join me in helping to build a bridge for people to get to Jesus? We often pray this prayer. See, our prayer doesn't need to be just pray the Lord to send labors into the harvest, but we need to say like Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And the prophet said, Here am I. Send me. Church, right now, in this house, the voice of the Lord is saying, Who will go for us? Who will I send? Jesus' eyes are open over all of those people that you're going to come into contact with every day for the rest of your life. And he sees their need, and he sees their pain, and he sees their suffering. Will you allow him to show you what he sees? And will you hear his voice saying, there they are, there they are, there they are. Will you go? Who will I send? Who will I send? Who will I send? He's speaking and he's calling us this morning. We need to go. But as we go, we need to pray as we go. And we need to work as we go. Don't pray, Lord, there's a harvest and there's people, send them into your harvest. Say, Lord, I see the harvest. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me.
I see their pain. I can even feel it a little bit. Here am I. Send me. I want us to take some time right now and I want us to pray for ourselves. There needs to be a revival of compassion in the church, in our hearts. Would you help me pray for compassion right now? Pray for compassion in your own heart. Oh, Jesus, here I am right now. I'm sorry for being so self-centered and so selfish and just always worried about my own thing and minding my own business. Lord, you never called me to mind my own business. You told me to be about your business. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, for getting so busy and doing things that I don't take the time to open my eyes and see the needs that are all around me. I'm sorry, Lord, for seeing the hurt and the pain and the struggles of those around me, but shutting up the bowels of my compassion. I'm sorry, Lord, that I could see somebody hurting and not hurt enough with them to want to help them. I'm sorry, Lord, for forgetting how hurt I used to be and how you healed me so wondrously. Lord, change my heart. Change my heart, Lord. Renew me, Lord. Transform me by the renewing of my mind that I can prove what is your good and acceptable and perfect will. I lay my life on the altar right now as a living sacrifice. I'm not going to be about my business, but I want to be about your business. From this moment forward, Lord, open up the heart of my compassion. Lord, give me compassion. Give me compassion, Lord. Help me to remember where I used to be. And so what I see, I'm seeing through a lens of that used to be me. And I'm so grateful for what you did for me. And now let me help them. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us to be moved with compassion. Oh, help us to open our eyes to more than just our own problems. Knowing that you're on our side and if you're for us, nobody can be against us. And knowing that you're going to take care of us. Help us, Lord, to seek your kingdom first. Oh, God, let there be compassion that moves on us right now. Oh, would you just lift up your voice and ask the Lord to give you compassion today? Oh, this is not, this is, there's, these are kingdom prayers. This is not just some little, now I lay me down to sleep. We need to reach the heart of God right now. Come on, reach the heart of God right now. His heart is reaching for your heart right now. Reach the heart of God. 
I'm not going to be satisfied with just going on about it and just make it to heaven one day, Lord. I want to take somebody with me. I, I don't want to just make it to heaven, Lord. I want many to be following me when I get there. I don't want to just uh, be healed, but I want people to see how you've worked in my life. And I want you to be able to heal them through me. I don't want to just be delivered and be free, but I want you to, I want people to see how you've worked in my life and set me free and use me to help them be free, Lord. Lord, reach deep into our hearts right now. Reach deep into our hearts right now, Lord. Lord, it's been heavy in here because the conviction of the Holy Ghost was so heavy. And that's exactly what you wanted because you're trying to move us with compassion. And even right now, some of you are feeling compassion and some of you are thinking about people that you've walked past or you're thinking about people that you have ignored. You're thinking about someone that came to you and you didn't really help them the way you should have. And I'm just here to tell you right now, I want you to pray that God would redeem the time and give you that opportunity once more. Lord, redeem that opportunity. Lord, help me to make up for it. I'm sorry, Lord, for missing the opportunity. I'm sorry for being so caught up in things that I that I, that I missed out on, on an opportunity to help somebody. Lord Jesus, here I am. Lord, forgive me for that. But Lord, I'm asking that you redeem that opportunity. I'm asking, Lord, you give me another chance. Whether it be with the same person or whether it be with somebody else. Lord, give me another chance and let me not miss it this time. Lord, you're doing something in my heart right now. You're helping me feel compassion right now. You're helping me understand some things right now that I didn't understand before. Lord, even the trial that I'm going through right now, even the struggle that I'm going through right now, and even the battle that I'm fighting right now is you doing a work in me to try to teach me how to be moved with compassion. Oh, Jesus. Touch my heart. Touch my heart. Touch my heart. Don't let me stay the same. Let this message penetrate deep within our hearts, right? Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, there's multitudes, 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 multitudes. They're in need, they're hurting, they're crying, Lord. Help us to hear their cries, help us to see their pain, but help us, Lord, to be moved with compassion upon them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to, I want you to be praying that prayer right now, but I want you to open your eyes. I want you to open your eyes right now. 
Lord, give me compassion. Give me compassion. Let me feel the compassion. Let me open your eyes. And I want you to begin to look around right now because as the compassion of the Lord moves upon you right now, if your heart or your mind is drawn to somebody else in the, in the congregation that you see right now, I want you to move out right now. And I want you to begin to step out. And I want you to allow the compassion of God to flow through you. Pray, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Send me. Lord, let me be moved with compassion. God wants to use you right now. Why don't you begin to look around and just see if there's somebody. Don't worry about who you think you are or who you think you aren't right now. God is going to prove himself in just a moment. Look around and see. See somebody that's in need right now. See somebody that God is directing your attention to and reach out to them right now. Pray with them. Step out in boldness right now. Don't, don't be timid. Don't be shy. Step out and let God use you right now. Lord, my brother, my sister, they need help right now. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. I know there are people in here that have needs right now. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Now don't close your eyes. Pray this prayer with your eyes open. Pray this prayer with your eyes open because you gotta, you got to be able to see. This is what I'm going to do in just a moment. I'm going to ask a question. And you need to be able to see. When I ask this question, you need to be able to see. Because when you see it, God's going to move you with compassion towards them. And you're going to act in faith. Because in just a moment, God is going to use you in a mighty way to help somebody else. Because as I ask the question, and you see hands begin to raise, God is going to lead you and he's going to send you to somebody if you have, here's the question right here. If you need a touch from God in any way today, whether it's a physical healing or a spiritual touch or an emotional touch, an encouraging word, if you need anything from God right now, I want you to just lift your hand to the Lord. If you need anything from the Lord. Now, there are people with their hands raised. If you've got your eyes open, and you're, open you're seeing them. You're seeing those people with their hands. Leave those hands up right now. Because there's somebody that God has already spoken to to go to you and to pray for you. Oh, come on. Come on, church. Let's move. Let's move out right now. Come on. Come on. I, I'm trying to get us out of our comfort zone. You've got a need. You need a touch of the Lord right now. I want you to lift your hands right now. You need a touch. Be led. Be led. There are hands everywhere. We need people to step out and be used by God right now. That's it. That's it. Some of you are, are leading. Some of you are, some of you are stepping out in faith right now. Hallelujah. Come on and, oh, let the Lord move. Let the Lord use you right now in the name of Jesus. And let's not worry about anything else right now. Let's not worry about any kind of responsibilities or things we think we might have right now. Open your eyes and see the people who are in need, who have their hands up. If you had your hand up before, why don't you get it back up there so people can see it? Come on, this has got to be the whole body ministering to the whole body. It can't be just Pastor Brown or, or Bishop Trine. It's got to be the whole body. Come on. Don't worry about who you think you are or who you think you aren't. Just step out right now. 
compassion compassion pray right now that's it that's it pray for them pray with them right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh here I am Lord here I am Lord I need you desperately thank you Lord for sending my brother to me oh hallelujah in the name of Jesus miracles are being released as you pray for them right now the provision of God is being released right now as you be you as you are being used by God. God is using you to answer somebody's prayer right now in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, pray with boldness. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, from the depths of my soul, I pray for my brother, I pray for my sister. God, from the depths of my soul, I'm reaching. Oh, God, move, touch them right now. Intervene on their behalf. Provide for them. Touch their soul. Touch their spirit right now. Bind up their broken heart right now in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. Come on. That's it. We're moving into something right now. That's it right now. Hallelujah. There's intercession that's sweeping across this place. Go ahead and intercede right now for your brother and for your sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I release faith in the atmosphere right now. Your faith is touching somebody right now. The prayer of faith that you are praying is releasing the miracle work and power of God on behalf. Keep your eyes open and keep looking around and let God direct you right now. Just go ahead and flow in the Holy Ghost and let God use you.
that's it, that's it, that's it. Oh, the compassion of the Lord is flowing through people right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is flowing through you to help somebody and heal somebody right now. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless everyone. It was a beautiful service. Remember as you go about your week to have compassion. Amen. God bless our pastor, our bishop. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Remember we have no Spanish service today. There's cake out in the room out there. 
um, have a blessed day, a blessed week, and let's just be compassionate with one another and out there. Amen. We love you. Amen. Have a blessed day. You are dismissed.